This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Come on. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Your best shout ever. Stay standing for the reading of the word, and then Pastor Phil will come. Romans 8, chapter 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. What a joy it is to be at Believer's Church here in Douglasville, Georgia. And what a great joy it is to be with Pastor Mark and Robin, whom I love, have loved for so many years, and uh, it's just great to be with you. I bring greetings from my wife and from my tribe, the tribe of Stern, <laughs> to say the least. When we started on this journey, uh, we said, Lord, we'd be willing to do whatever you ask us to do. And uh, little did we know then that God was going to give us 10 children. And uh, little did we know then that the grandchildren would start to multiply. And we've only barely begun because only half of our children have birthed us children at this point. So, uh, so we are going to have a lot of grandchildren. And I thank God for iPhones because that's the only way I can keep track of all their birthdays, to say the least. Wow, what an interesting time we live in. Amen. I was going to start today by saying I just returned from Wahoo, China, where we had a great revival, and then I went on to France and to Italy, and God's doing great things over there, but since you don't know me very well, I'll tell you right up front, that was not the truth, all right? So, uh, but how many believe that maybe God is doing something in all the earth right now? Come on. In the last 12 months, I've been privileged to be in Indonesia, where there's a church there that is absolutely exploding with God. It's gone from 500 people in the last 12 years to 50,000 people. Indonesia's experienced a revival unlike they've ever known before. When I, when I went there 12 years ago, the Muslim rate was there's 97% Muslim in that country. Now that number has been reduced down to 75%. 
now come on, God's doing something in the earth in a major way. I was in India a few months after that where we went to a place in India that we'd never gone before in the upper northeast corner of India where Bhutan is just a few miles away. Uh, Nepal is just about 20 miles from where we were. Uh, Tibet was just up the road about 50 miles. Uh, Bangladesh was right around the corner as well. And I found out that there was a revival that took place that came through the Baptist people of all things. How many know if a revival comes through the Baptist, we got something going on? And it was a spirit-filled revival at that. Amen? This happened about 20 years ago where a revival took place in a place called Nagaland. Maybe anybody ever been to Nagaland? Okay. In this place in Nagaland, over a three-year period, out of the 1.3 million people that live in the state of Nagaland, one million people came to Jesus. Come on. It's, it's amazing what God can do. And now that state is about 85% Christian. And it's just amazing what's going on in that state of Nagaland. And many of us that were there, I took a team of five people, a very prophetic team with me, and we went there for a whole week just to pray, predominantly to pray and to just declare the word of the Lord over that region. And the word kept coming to us over and over and over again that what happened in Nagaland 20 years ago was a precursor to what God wanted to do in India. And in India of itself and all, there's 1.3 million people. And if that is the truth of what we're hearing there, then we could look at possibly 1 billion souls coming into the kingdom of heaven just in one country alone. So, you know, things are ripe for revival. You know, we pray. How many have ever prayed for revival? Anybody here said, we, we sang it today, move in our city, move in our city. So then God, in his wonderful sense of humor, saves Kanye. I'm like, God, I wasn't thinking about him, you know. He wasn't the one I would have chosen, okay. Uh, and all of a sudden, Sunday morning has taken on a whole new realm of expression through this guy that's doing amazing things. And we pray for revival. And, and this is what I'm just so burning in my heart about is I, I think that something good is going to come out of what we're experiencing right now in our country. Come on. People are listening again. When you hear our president declare a national day of prayer because of what's going on and you hear other officials standing up and saying, we've gone away from God. We need to come back and pray again. Listen, on a, on, a, on a news conference, this is happening. I'm sitting there listening to this on Fox News on my radio while I'm driving yesterday, and I'm going like, God, well, I never thought I'd hear it like this, so plain and so clear. So, folks, this is not a time to be discouraged. This is a time to be encouraged more than ever before because something good is going to come out of this. Come on, I'm declaring that over you. Something good is going to come out of this. We are going to see something good come out of this. And I love your phrase, own your 50 feet. I say, God, if you ever are going to let us be a voice, today is a day we're going to be a voice. Well, I'll tell you what, I count it a privilege to be here on this day because I almost called you several times, Pastor, and said, you know, are you sure everybody doesn't need the shepherd to speak to them today? And uh, maybe you should have your own voice speaking the word of encouragement to your church. But God knows, this. we planned this quite a while ago, and God knows why you're here today. God knows why I'm here today. 
And I want to share with you something that God put in my heart for your church. I popped into your second service last year for when I was kind of traveling through. And when I was here, God dropped a word in my heart. And I knew it was something that God wanted you as a church to hear. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with that. And there's different ways of preaching. You can preach uh, with, a, with a progressive note style where you do point A, one, two, three, or whatever. And you can give a, a teaching type of a message. And then there's times when God wants you to speak directly right out of the scripture by inspiration about what the Holy Spirit would say at that moment. And I believe this morning we need to hear the word by inspiration. Amen. So I'm reading out of Isaiah chapter 50, and I'm going to get to, uh, to Romans 8 in a few moments here. But I have to unload this to you. I've been sitting on it for a year, so i got to get rid of it, Pastor. I've been burning with it, all right? This is what I believe God wants to do with your church. And I didn't hear the 50-foot rule until I got in here, own your 50-foot, but this just fits right to it, okay? In chapter 50 of Isaiah, verse 4, here's what it says. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. I'm reading out of the New King James Virgin. He has given me the tongue of the learned. The word learned is not a word that we use very often in our language. But what this means here out of the scripture is that he has given me a tongue that really knows what it's saying. The tongue of the learned. The learned here implying that our words are not necessarily ours. They are God's words through us. You got that? God's word. Say that God's word through me. That's what the tongue of a learned means. He's given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Okay, so knowing that somebody's weary, knowing that somebody's discouraged, knowing that there's fear and, and things going on in people's lives, to give them a word is one thing, but to know a learned word from God and you know the season to speak that word into their life, it takes on a whole different level, okay? Now, God wants to give you, and I saw this when I was sitting right over here on the front row about a year ago, that this is going to be a church that is equipped with the learned word of God. Okay, it's not just going to come from the pulpit. It's going to come from every voice and every person in this place. You are going to have a word for people in due season. All right? How many are ready for the season? Well, I'll tell you what, we are in a season right now, okay? We can get a word from God in due season for what's going on for all those that are around us. Now, it continues on. Here's how you get that word in due season. All right, here's how you get it. It says, he awakens me morning by morning. Okay? He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. He awakens my ear to hear. I want you to just think about this for a moment. God wants to wake you up every morning. I've learned this for years, that most of the time, it's my awakening thoughts that are the God thoughts for the day. 
okay? Or he can awaken you in the morning, 3, 4 a.m. Be willing to be wakened up by the Holy Spirit so much that you have your phone next to your bed so you can write it down. I have a little notepad so I can write down what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. That way I can go back to sleep again. And I write it down, but it is a word from the Lord. So he awakens me, my ear, to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So God's going to open your ears to hear at a whole new level. A word for the weary that are in the season that they are in. Because they're all around us. Come on, they're all around us every single day. Wherever I travel, there are weary people wherever I go. And God's asking you to be a voice to those that are weary, and he will give you a word in due season. I want to release that to you real quick. Father, I release that right now in Jesus' name. Everybody by faith, just put your hand on your ear. Lord, I pray that this will be a church where their ears will have the ears of the learned, that we might speak, that everyone here might speak as the learned, the encouraging, strengthening word in due season. Not just any word, but the word in due season is what we release right now. And especially right now in this season that we are in, with all the threatenings that are going on, we declare, Lord, that everyone in this place will activate the word in due season and that this church will be known in this community. If you want a word from the Lord, go talk to somebody in that church. Let it be released, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. All right. Now let's go to the scripture that we read earlier. I love this word. God dropped this into my heart, oh, about a month ago as I knew that I was coming here. And I'm like, okay, great. I love this scripture. I love it. But we didn't realize what was going to be happening at the time that we know right now. And so it says, what then shall we say about these things? And it really does come down to this. Our faith is being tested at a level right now. If God is for us, who can be against us? So we've declared that. I've declared that. I've been born again longer than I, I can remember. If God is for me, then really who can be against me? If God really is for me, then now we are in a place where, whether you like it or not, we have been all thrown into a test. Am I right? Your faith is being tested now. How will you respond? Are you going to respond the way your friends that don't have faith are responding? Or are we going to respond in a place that brings a whole change to the atmosphere in your 50 feet. You see, this is such a key element here for us to get a hold of. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall uh, he not then with us also freely give us all things? And I'm believing this, that whether there is toilet paper in the store or not, I still believe we're going to get through this. Amen? <laughs> hey, if he gave manna to the, to the children of Israel, he can provide toilet paper in your bin, right? <laughs> I believe that scripture. When the roll's called up yonder, I'll be there. Amen. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Skip over a couple of verses. Go to verse 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation, and I love all the different things he talks about here, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, because we are absolutely killed all day long, and we are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. But then he goes back in same reference to what he said in verse 31 and verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. You know, this is just a position that I've taken, and I've shared this with all of my kids and all of their spouses and all my grandkids. Sent them out an email the other day. It's hard for me to get them all in one room, talk to them at the same time. So we go by email, and I sent them out an email. I said, listen, you got to declare Psalm 91 over your whole family right now, and you got to declare that, e- that God will protect you. And even if you should come down with a sickness, how many know we believe God is our healer? Come on, we're going to win this side or that side. It doesn't matter which way. And so we have no fear. In fact, we declare fear cannot grip us because this whole thing that is coming against our country is a fear-motivated issue, and God is not the author of fear. Are you getting that? Because we need to really declare that. When people say, well, aren't you afraid? Say, no, I'm really not. I really am not. I was sharing that with somebody at the hotel last night. You could tell they walk in and they're asking at the desk, well, I was just wait before I get in the hotel, have you wiped everything down? And I said, well, you know, it's going to be all right. Well, but I want to make sure they wiped everything down. They get to the elevator and you got to push the button. They're afraid to touch the button. I said, oh, here, I'll get it for you. Boom. <laughs> well, how can you do that? Because I'm not afraid. Here, how about a hug? Oh. oh. <laughs> you see, God wants us to use wisdom, but not to be afraid. You've heard that already this morning from various different voices. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that nothing, death, life, angel or angels, or principalities, powers, all things that 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 nor the things to come, nor the things that are here, nor height nor death, and all that. You know the scripture. They cannot separate us from the love of God. So we either believe these kind of scriptures at this point in time or we don't. I want to want you to go back for a few verses into 2 Corinthians real quick. I'm sorry. We're going to go forward to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. This is what Paul was teaching to the Corinthians church. He said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then go down to verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Do you believe or don't you believe? Come on, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? speaks. And so now is your opportunity to speak. Now is your opportunity. I believed and therefore, it's even part of your church's name, Believer's Church. I believed and therefore what? Say it with me. I spoke. Come on. God's going to activate your voice. Back to that Isaiah 50 again. Going to give you the ear to hear. It's going to give you the tongue to speak. So I believed and I spoke. And he said, as a result, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Now, 
Therefore, do not lose heart in verse 16 of chapter 4. Do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. I want to declare this to you. What we are seeing right now is temporary. Amen? But the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, I really do believe that when we face things like we're facing in our country and in the world right now, because really we're not, we're not facing it quite as strong as some other places in the world are, is that I do believe that God is going to wake up a mass amount of people and there's going to be a landslide of conversions. I believe that's what the root of all of this is about. God's going to take that which is intended for evil and he's going to turn it around for his good. I was born and raised in Africa. My parents were missionaries. My dad then later, they moved back home to America when I was 18, and they started a church in central Illinois. But in those years in Africa, there were things that I learned as a child that I've never forgotten my entire life. Let me share with you one experience that we went through, my whole family. We had just returned back to Nigeria where we were living, and I was 14 years old. My mom and my dad always had a word from the Lord before they ever moved back to the mission field. You see, God wants to give you the ear of the learned so that you know what to say. And my mom came running out of the bedroom one day when, before we left to go back to Africa and said, I've got the word, we can go back to Africa now. So the word was, I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And she said, that's, mom and dad said, these are our marching orders. God's going to hide us in the cleft of the rock. Well, we went back. We landed in Nigeria. Little did we know. I was about 14 at the time. Little did we know, three weeks later, there was going to be an outbreak of a civil war there. And the part of Nigeria where we were was in the Midwest area of Nigeria. It was completely taken over by the rebels that were trying to take over the whole nation of Nigeria. And we were completely taken over, cut off from the outside world in one day. They came and took it in one day. The Nigerians saw, they, the, the rebels dressed themselves up like the federal army, and they came and invaded the whole thing, and all the Africans were waving at them, welcome in. Well, they took them over without one gunshot in one day. And our mission was like right in the middle of that region. We were cut off. You couldn't contact America. You couldn't let anybody know what was going on. The, uh, the, the church in Detroit that had sent us out there had completely lost contact with us. And this went on for eight weeks. So we have no money. There's nothing there. We, what are we going to do? And so the first thing that took place, and I'll never forget this, is that the three families that were there on the mission base, they called a prayer meeting. How I many it's a good time to call a prayer meeting? And they said, we need to hear from God. And so that's where we begin to learn as children that God wants to speak to you. And I want to just sidetrack for a minute. God wants to give you a very special word in this season. Come on. Pray and ask God to speak to you. And that will be your word to speak then. But we went to prayer, and my mom and dad all of a sudden knew what that hide you in the cleft of the rock was all about. He was hiding us, and they were praying because we were being advised from many different sources 
that we, from the, from the local authorities that could get messages to us, we needed to evacuate and get out while we could because it was going to be a bloodbath when the federal army came back in to take over. And African wars can be very bloody. And so parents went to prayer along with the other missionaries. And while they were praying, God gave us a word. And I'll never forget that because there were 14 of us all together with kids. And God spoke a word so clear. It said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Well, that's not necessarily what you want to hear at that point in time. What you want to hear is get on your horse and get out of town. And a few days after that word came forth, the American consulate from the capital of Nigeria got permission to come through because we were some of the few Americans that were in that region. And they came onto our compound with their vehicles, had the American flags flying on the front of the hood. And they said, we've come here to escort you out of, the, out of this region because it's going to become bloody. And my parents looked at them and said, we aren't going to go. All the family said, we're not going to go. Well, why wouldn't you come? Because, and they were very bold, God told us to stand still and we would see the salvation of the Lord. They had them sign documents and everything that they were not, re that they took no responsibility for them if they stayed there. And, you know, at that point, your faith is really tested, isn't it? At that point, I, as a 14-year-old, it's easy, I was following the, the, the leading of my parents at that time, but my ears were pretty attentive to what was going on, and I'll never forget it. So they stood still, and they said, we're going to stand still and see the salvation of God. Our compound was surrounded by enemy soldiers. Oh, for weeks, they were actually hiding out in a, in a place just behind us there, and so we knew they were there. We weren't being harmed or anything. Our supplies were running low. My dad had a dream one night, and in the dream, he saw three warehouses, and he said, I'm going to provide for you. The next morning when they woke up, my dad and one of the other missionaries, they said, let's go into the town about 30 miles from here and see what we can find. They went into it, and they asked me to come along with them, so I went with them. Well, walked into a McDermott Oil uh, company that was there. Oil's big over there in Nigeria. They produce a lot of it. But this oil company from Dallas, Texas was there, or Houston, rather, and they were working with all their people, and my parents, my dad knew this guy from a few other connections he'd had. He walked on to the base of McDermott Oil, and when he saw my dad there and the other missionary and a 14-year-old kid with him, he looked at him, and this is just how he said it to my dad. He said, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and it's just a Texan would say it. Dad said, well, we're out in the bush, and, you know, we just came to see if you had any supplies we could borrow or whatever. And he says, well, you need to go get your family and come with us. We're going to get on a barge, and we're going to get out of here because it's going to be a bloodbath pretty soon here. Come on, come with us. Nope. God told us to stand still and see the salvation of God. He took his 10-gallon hat off. He said, well, I've heard everything now. Well, if you're going to be here... Come on with me. And he, he's jumping my Land Rover. We got in the Land Rover. We went down a path here, turned a path here, came around, and there were three warehouses. And my dad said, those are the ones I saw in my dream. He went to the one warehouse. He rolled up in those doors, and these warehouses were about as big as your children's area, actually. And the first one, he opened it up, full of freezers and fridges, and they had steaks from America, roast beef from America, pork chops. I mean, you don't get that stuff in Africa where we were. We hadn't had food like that 
even when we're in America. And I mean, it was the best of the best because those oil guys take care of their workers, okay? And he rolled it up and he says, you can have whatever you want. You can even have the freezers if you want them. Went to the next one, rolled it up, and inside of this one was all kinds of tools and all kinds of, of, of things that, I mean, bags of cement that were just uh, amazing things, said, and, and gasoline and dieseline. He said, take whatever you want here. It's all yours if you can get it to your compound. Opened up the third one, and inside of that was cowboy boots from America, Ray-Ban sunglasses for all their guys, 10-gallon hats, I mean, even a go-kart. And I said, Dad, forget everything else. Just get the, get the go-kart right there. I mean, they had everything you could have imagined, including they had a per movie projector with 16-millimeter movies. Back This was way back before we had, you know, VCRs or anything like that. And they said, here, and here's the latest movies from America, and gave us a, at least a dozen movies from America that had just come out that they were entertaining their, their, their oil guys with. Said, you can have it all. Well, man, we started a caravan going back and forth for the next three days, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We were stocked up so much with canned goods and meat and all kinds of stuff. Some of that food lasted us for over three years, and the war was only six weeks long. We're sitting there in the middle of a war, things all around, God's protecting us. We never did see one person killed ourselves. We could hear guns in the distance, but we never saw one person killed in this whole time. We're sitting there at night with all the fuel and the food we need, and we're watching home movies on a screen in our living room of the latest movies from Hollywood. Folks, I want to tell you what. When God says he's going to take care of you and he will hide you in the cleft of the rock, we had better life there than we ever had in America up until that point, and God protected us. Now, as a result of that, I have never, ever doubted that my God could take care of us. Never doubted that he could be with us and protect us in what we do. And as a result of it, it's played out in so many ways in our life. See, that's why I could have 10 kids and not live on a great salary because, you know what? God provided in ways that was unbelievable. I knew my God was a provider. I knew he would provide in the midst of things. We would get sick. God would heal us. We saw that over and over. Oh, it wasn't too many years, oh, about 15 years ago, we started a ministry in India to pray and to minister to the lepers of India. There's still 4 million lepers in India. You don't think about that much in America. And how did God said, I want you to go and feed them, and they'll come to the Lord. So we minister to 600 lepers over there all the time. And we have team over there that minister to them. All 600 have gotten saved, but how they've gotten saved is that we've gone in there and we've hugged them and blessed them and ministered to them, and it's absolutely brought salvation to them. So you can be around disease, and you can be free from it. You can be in those areas of pollution, and you can be absolutely isolated from it. Listen, I do believe this can be, as they said about the Apollo 13, when it was the worst moment of that mission, what did they say? This can be our finest hour if we will allow God to give us that finest hour at this time. So I believe that what we do as Christians today, we have the opportunity to absolutely bring the greatest harvest in that we've ever seen. Wouldn't that be awesome if God just doubled this place over the next two months? Come on. 
Wouldn't that be awesome if testimonies over the next year came back? It was in that season that you had a word for me individually, and that's what brought me to God. You see, that's just how real this can be. This can be so real that it will be a testimony that will be part of the infrastructure of this church for generations to come. And so I know what God is doing is really awesome. Now, one of the things I believe that God wants to activate us and pray for and I, you know, I thank God for the National Day of Prayer today. But our country is in a battle. How many agree with that? We are in a war. Our country is in a war. This is not politically driven, so don't get nervous about that. But I do believe that we are in a war in our country. There are things that are trying, that God is trying to help bring adjustment back to our nation again. We are right there on the cusp. Listen, we are right there on the cusp of having laws reversed that would be no abortion in our country again. Come on. We are close. We are close. Closer than you think, all right? We are closer. In fact, in, in fact, we're seeing this in our own state of Missouri right now. We are down to, in the state of Missouri, we have one abortion clinic left in our state. And it's downtown St. Louis and it's supposed to close in three months. Come on, folks. That, didn't, that came because people began to pray for change. People began to pray for change. So we are seeing some things change. Listen, I do believe we could see a day come where we can openly read the Bible and pray in our schools again. Maybe this is what's starting to happen again as a result of what we're seeing right now. There is a war going on to destroy our country right now, and it's rooted from the pit of hell. Now, I don't know whether you like the president that we have right now, but I can tell you this from what I know from some senators that I'm friends with out of Oklahoma and Missouri. There is more prayer going on in Capitol Hill every single day than there has been in history in our lifetime. Prayer is going on every day. The Oval Office, whether the president is there or not, the Oval Office starts its day off with prayer. Come on, folks. This is amazing what's going on. Uh, there are things happening in Washington that we have never seen happen before as a result of some of the things that are trying to change. Now, here's the one thing you got to really get clear is that you're never going to get the perfect person to lead our country. Come on, amen. We'll leave it at that, all right? But... God can use evil people and God can use righteous people. God can use, if God can use Cyrus, then I'll tell you this, God can use Donald Trump because <laughs> there's a lot of parallels there if you go and look at the scriptures, okay? But we need to pray for the revival that God wants to bring in our nation unlike anything we've ever seen before. Come on, this can be one of the most exciting days we've lived in. For the first time in history, the president of our country has appointed a a uh, what do they call that person? They have they have two pastors that are full time on the team there, and one of them is real Holy Ghost driven, and literally praying and prophesying over the leaders in Washington every single day. Yeah, I could go on and on and on. It's amazing some of the things that are going on behind the scenes, and so as a result. I believe some of what we've seen here with what has broken open with this disease is a result of the enemy is really ticked off. It's what's going on in some of the things in our country. And 
He's going to try to throw anything he can to destroy and to defeat what's happening in our nation right now. But it's not just that. Listen, if God really preserves the whole Christian heritage of our nation, it has the potential, like always, to massively affect the world. And so this is a global thing that we're experiencing right now. Something's going on more than what you can imagine. So don't get caught up in the immediate what's going on in the right now, here and then, about what's going on in, in what you see happening right around your neighborhood necessarily, although own your 50 feet. Get a picture of what's going on globally because something's going on globally that's pretty big. And we're going to see a landslide revival by the time this thing is over. I promise you with that, that is a word from the Lord. And I can hardly wait to get on a plane again and get back to some of those countries and see what God is doing and how God is waking up some of those countries. Amen? Now, are you ready? Are you ready for God to use you more than ever before? Because now's the time. Now's the time. Don't get caught up in all the political nonsense that's going on. Get caught up in what God is saying. Get caught up in everything because I do believe that by the end of the day, we're going to see something that we've never thought was possible in our lifetime. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what God's doing today. I'm excited to be alive, and I'm excited to be one of the voices that God wants to use today, just like your voice as well. Amen? Now, I want you to stand with me, and we're going to make a few declarations. We're going to declare it right out of the verse that we read. If God be for me, say it with me, who can be against me? Okay, we're just going to say it right out. We're going to declare it right out. Coronavirus cannot be against me. Do you believe that? All right. So if God can be for us, who can be against us? We know that to be true. In all these things, say it, we are more than conquerors. Let's get it personal. In all these things, I am more than a conqueror. <laughs> I am persuaded that nothing can stand against me. And I'm walking out of here with my faith declaration. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message. 